recorded live at 4 Z Studios Brisbane on 102.1 FM. And broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. You're listening to Zed Games. With 10 years experience and over 500 episodes, Zed Games brings you the best in gaming news, reviews, community and culture. Want to reach out? Message us on Facebook at ZEDGamesAU. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Zara and with me in the studio tonight is... Elliot. Oh! All right, Elliot, tell me, what do we have lined up tonight? Well, a shock to everyone, we have the news. No. Yeah. No. I know. Are you kidding me? Wild. So wild. But there's more. There's more. There's more. After that. After that. I know. We have a review from you. From me? Yeah. What are we reviewing? Oh, you're. Uh, I'm just gonna. Here's a little, a little, a little uh, snippet. hint. It's really gonna hook you and reel you in. Ooh. Oh, I what am baited. And then a review from me as well. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, scary one. I'm oh, excited. Shocker. Big, big shocker. That's terrifying. Yeah, but yeah. First off, uh, news. Yeah, news. Let's listen to it. Creator of Return to Monkey Island will no longer talk about the game following online abuse. Recently, we were shown a trailer for Return to Monkey Island, a follow-up for the first and second Monkey Island games, headed up by Ron Gilbert. Unfortunately, the trailer spurred some level of negative conversation, leading the creator to announce that he would no longer discuss the game online in any capacity. Much of the negative comments came from people who disliked the game's new art direction, a slightly cartoony departure from its predecessor's styles. Ron Gilbert had previously defended the game's new look, saying, Return to Monkey Island may not be the art style you wanted or were expecting, but it's the art style I wanted. But this was not enough. I'm shutting down comments, he stated. People are just being mean and I'm having to delete personal attack comments. It's an amazing game and everyone on the team is very proud of it. Play it or don't play it, but don't ruin it for everyone else. I won't be posting any more about the game. The joy of sharing has been driven from me. He finished off saying, Whatever you want Monkey Island to be, I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that making this a chore rather than a joy for the devs is the quickest way to ensure it won't be anything for anybody. Ishto.io has created another in its long line of charity bundles supporting topical causes. So far, the bundle has raised almost $200,000 for abortion funds. The bundle contains over 750 games from over 600 creators available for a minimum donation of $10, although people are encouraged to donate as much as they can, and the estimated value is over 3 k The bundle hopes to provide support for those affected by the recent overturning of Roe v. Wade in America. Its page reads, 100% of the proceeds from this bundle will go to the National Network for Abortion Funds Collective Power Fund, which moves money directly to abortion funds across 20-plus US states, with a particular focus on the South and Midwest, where it is often most difficult to get access to abortions. GDQ speedrunner banned after admitting run was faked. A speedrunner from the Summer Games Done Quick 2022 event has admitted he faked part of his run. Mekarazium, a Russian speedrunner, has admitted that a recent run of Metal Gear Rising Revengeance's Blade Wolf DLC was faked using pre-recorded footage. The confession came after several viewers noticed strange things about the run, including an absence of keyboard sounds. I've done an actual bad thing, and I shouldn't have done this on this event. I acted selfishly and haven't put more time thinking about others. I am sorry for doing the thing that I've done, truly. 
GDQ has now removed the run from their YouTube channel as well as banning Mechorasium from all future events. Additionally, they released the following statement. This is absolutely unacceptable and attempts to undermine the integrity of the speedrunning community that we love and support. The exact result they desired was unclear from the document, but it is clear that they believed we would not be willing to speak out about their behaviour. However, we believe it is in the community's best interest to know why this one was removed by GDQ. We have removed Mechorasium's runs from our YouTube archive and we will not permit him to run in the future. And that's all this week in Gaming News. Thank you so much for that, Meili. Um, Quite a bit of a variety in the news this week. Yeah. We've got, well, cheating in speedrunning, which is not anything new. I'm not too sure why people continue to try to get away with it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I keep thinking of like the Mario speedrun where it's like pixel perfect. And everyone's like, oh, if you can shave off two more pixels from this frame, I don't know. Yeah, it's wild. They're so hardcore. Uh, but it's also very funny that keyboard sounds are what gave him away. <laughs> yeah. Like, my, man, you could have just put in a bit of clanks in there and yeah. people would probably be like, oh, all right, that seems... That seems well, legit. Like, well, yeah. I mean, they probably would have figured it out anyway, but... Yeah, awesome. there would have been something that somebody <clears throat> caught on to. I did want to talk about the whole Monkey Island thing. Because, like, first of all, it's a very different art style. Yeah. It's a very different art style. I understand that being an adjustment. Yeah. Um, and not for everyone. But also, like, don't bully people about it. Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest takeaway I had from this, was cyberbullying is, like, such a big thing. And the fact that he was like, that's it, cutting it off, not having any more discussion, like, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Straight up. Very firm boundary, just kind of like, you don't have to agree with every single thing that a developer does. A developer's going to make some decisions, I'm going to find questionable in a video game. Um, yeah. And that's probably something that we'll end up talking about later. I mean, we talk about that like in every review, I feel, <laughs> um, where we're just like, I'm not too sure why they did this, but okay. But also, like, harassing the, the developer and the studio and people who are working on this project, which is this, like, has been, like, is, like, a is like almost a gift to the fans. Because, yeah. like, who who really cares about the Monkey, um, uh, Monkey Island other than Monkey Island fans? Yeah. Like, this is a little... It's, like, it's, a, bit, it's a bit of a niche thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, like, yeah. I'm really glad that he's drawn that boundary... Look, if you're rude, you don't get... You don't the, get squat. That's it. You don't it. get squat. Valid criticism is valid, but uh, chill. Yeah. You know? there's, a, there's a line. There's a line. Like, I don't know. Play, my, play some Minecraft. People... Yeah, just chill. <laughs> that's a, Take that's a breather. A, that's a community where people are like, very chill. Famously, <laughs> extremely chill. So you're listening to Zed Games, is that it? You're listening to Zed Games. You're listening to Zed Games. Hello, you're listening to Zed Games. 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 Perfect. Thank you. My name is Zara, and you are listening to Zed Games. And with me in the studio tonight is Elliot. Yo. And I'm here to talk about fishing. I'm uh, so excited. I am so excited. Everybody at home, I hope you've uh, you've got your little chair, you've got your drink, beverage, and you're just ready to hear some fishing tales. Because it's been a challenging time, hasn't it? I myself have been feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, but still restless. Too tired to enjoy my usual hobbies, but still needing something, an escape. But nothing's been pulling me in. They all take too much focus or not enough. It's too busy or not busy enough. 
So I'm at work or I'm commuting and I just remember memories of being in a wee little tyke sitting in a little boat holding a rod that my mum had cast a line of for for me because I was still just a little too uncoordinated and scared of the hook to manage it myself. I remember feeling a tug and yelling that I got a bite! The adults were sure it was caught on a rock but nope I managed to reel in a pretty decent catch. A silver trevally probably just under a foot long but it wasn't a bad catch for a six-year-old. There were other fishing related memories of course Sunset walks along the jetty after buying ice cream for those warm, humid summer nights, watching all the folks fishing and admiring the catches. Going with my mum to the river, we're tasked with keeping an eye out for crocs while she plays crab pots and put up a couple of fishing rods. It's nostalgic, it's peaceful. It's not exactly the most exciting thing on the planet to the average Joe, but that was exactly what I was craving. Slow moving water, shifting tides, aiming a line for a shady spot, trying to beat the sun. Now, I don't own a rod or any sort of fishing equipment anymore. It's physically impossible for me to get to a fishing spot during prime time, and I'm not even necessarily craving fish right now. So what's the solution that can invoke the experience I'm looking for? Russian Fishing 4. A realistic fishing simulator with a role-playing game elements and a focus on not teaching you everything, but rather you have to work things out and learn from every line you cast. In this way, where my, actual where my actual skill and knowledge develops in a manner that is realistic, where my real life knowledge can be applied to the game right off the bat, has made this one of my favorite surprise games in a long while. I picked this game based on two reasons. One was it's free to play and two, I was extremely angry after a match in some PvP game and I decided I needed a fishing game to calm me down. And it did. So let me just walk you through this game. When you load up for the first time, you're given a pretty quick tutorial for controls. But the tutorial is the only thing they Russian this game. Oh my god. <laughs> After that, it's up to you and your ability to learn, hypothesize, test and repeat. You start out with a pretty basic kit, some fishing line, a couple of hooks, a floater and weight, and of course, a rod. A telescope rod, of course, which isn't particularly sturdy, and you can't cast your line out far. But with a pocket full of worms and some snacks, it'll get the job done. The controls are pretty simple. Walk around, access your inventory, adjust how deep your hook can sink, cast your line, pull it back in. When you cast your line, you get a zoomed in version of your float, allowing you to keep an eye on whether you get a bite. You still, you'll see it wiggle as something nibbles on the bait. And when it gets pulled down, you know you got a bite. Reel it in, try not to stress out the rod too much and you caught a fish. You can sell the fish, which is your main form of income which you can use to buy new rods, upgrade your kit, get high quality lures and bait, and so much more. So much more. There is actually a ton of content into this game that I have only heard about, let alone been able to touch yet. This is a pretty detailed simulator. Progression is quite slow, but it's not something that I'm complaining about. I move from spot to spot around the lake throughout the day, casting my line and settling down to do something else while keeping an eye on the line. And that something else might be reading, watching a show, or even just chatting with friends. And I spent a lot of times having conversations before blotting out with a I got a bite and then getting extremely focused until I pulled in my prize. But I also found it refreshing to actually just enjoy the weight and the scenery. They made these locations extremely beautiful, lush and detailed, and it's been a joy gathering screenshots. Like I said, there are also some RPG elements, 
you level up and eventually unlock new areas and skills. You can get hungry, tired or be in poor condition, such as after fishing in the rain overnight. And if you don't eat, warm up or rest, your ability to fish becomes affected, naturally. But you get a free hot meal once a day, you have a little house with a little guitar and fireplace, and you can carry snacks on you at all times. It's a fishing simulator, but not like those really intense sport fishing games. Just normal fishing. And you can be as invested as you want to be. The time you put in is reflected in the experience you gain. You get better at fishing naturally and steadily, unless you don't pay any attention whatsoever. In which case, the best rod isn't going to help you much. This game is considered multiplayer, which I took to mean that I'll be in the same instances as other players, or even my friends, and we can all fish together. And that's not the case, which I found disappointing. But you're not entirely alone. There's some social features where you can exchange items and rank against each other. There's also a chat which I turned off almost immediately. People can be weirdly toxic for a chill fishing game, but that's true of any hobby or space, I suppose. However, the community is also what impresses me. It's a bit overwhelming seeing all the fishing equipment available, but there are very detailed user guides made by the community explaining absolutely everything, which I used to help me figure out some of the tools and gear. There are also fishing guides, since this is a video game and people are going to figure out how to cheese it, but considering that a massive part of the appeal of this game is figuring it out yourself, I would recommend avoiding that section. But it's clear that this is a community of people who enjoy fishing, and want to partake in this hobby and encourage others to join in. It's just such a soothing game and the sound and music is no exception. It's just peaceful fishing sounds, water lapping at the shore, a beehive in the distance, your line getting cast, with some gentle guitar playing in the background. I'm really enjoying Russian Fishing 4 and the devs have mentioned wanting to add more social features, which I hope will allow my friends and I to sit up near camp and fish together. But even just playing in our own games, having a chat, sharing fishing advice, it's a lovely experience. When I'm feeling burnt out but not quite ready for bed, I can fish for an hour or two, drag out my biggest catch, watch it get stuck on the bridge in a freak glitch of the physics, and then be completely unable to retrieve that fish. But hey, that's fishing. Can't reel them all. Wow. That sounds honestly, like, so chill. It's been very relaxing, which is something I feel like I really needed. Um, I think everyone needs that right now. I think everyone needs that right now. And it's just like, this is a free-to-play game. It's quite large, and they're only adding more content and overhauling some of the older areas that they've created just a year ago. They're just like, we, wow. we need to make this better. And then they That's did. That's so cool. Is it, is it just on PC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is just on PC. It is made by Russian Fishing. Like, that's the studio. That's the, cool. Um, and had a look in the community and everything. And everyone there is just like, look, here, I'm here if you want some fishing ch tips. And I'm just like, this is just like real life. I can, you can just go to people who fish and like, can I have some fishing tips? And they give you fishing tips. And it's like, I feel like I could talk to a fisherman in real life and then apply those tips to this game. That's how like realistic it feels. That's awesome. It's just it's just been real a real little joy. Um, what a time. And I feel like I'm starting to feel like I found what my retirement is going to be like. <laughs> um just fishing, I think. Yeah, just it, when we're retired, it'll be VR fishing. It'll be VR fishing, you know. unfortunately. 
Um, but that could also be very fun. Yeah. You know, I could fish um, alien fish and I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I feel like that would be pretty cool. Like you'd, you could fish on like the, the seas of some, you know, Ooh. Jupiter moon or something. Because there are, Jupiter has a lot of moons. It has a lot of moons. And who knows what's on those moons. Could be not fish. Not me. Could it's, be fish. Could be fish. Probably not Elliot. Probably not. Yeah. Um. Probably not me either, but um. could be fish. I'm going to fish. That's my, that's my <laughs> plan now. <laughs> Before I get a little too carried away in what the future holds, my <laughs> name is Zara and with me in the studio tonight is Elliot. Yo. And Elliot... You've got a haunting tale to tell us. Oh, my God. It's terrifying. Oh. Not actually. I mean, like, as far as scary games go, um, not as scary as as some others I've played. Um, thankfully, I had my, my best gal with me to um, to play it because usually I jump out of my skin. Yeah. Um, so I played The Quarry. It was a lot of fun. I'm just going to deep deep dive into it. To go, to, I'm going to go hard. I'm going to um, on the edge of my seat. Oh my god. All right. So, the story of the quarry being begins in Hackett's Quarry, following nine camp counselors on the last day of summer camp. The picturesque landscape is reminiscent of a Hollywood-style perfect summer. It's lit with a warm afternoon glow as the counselors pack up the last of their belongings to head back to the real world. Of course, something goes astray and they need to remain for one last night before going home. As young 20-somethings do, they decide to have a last hurrah and party into the night. Unbeknownst to them, as dusk falls, a creature watches from the trees and the nightmare begins. (laughs) If you've played an an interactive horror game before, specifically like Until Dawn or any of the Dark Pictures anthology, which were both made by Supermassive Games as well, You'll have a good understanding of how the controls uh, of the controls here. Otherwise, it's pretty simple. Most of the quarry is just a movie. Follow along with the counselors as they go through the story, jumping between them as notable events take place. And when a choice pops up, you make the final decision. Quick time events are common, but they're not hard to get, and often it's more about decision making than hitting the button on time. Missing one can actually be a good thing. My first playthrough was a lot of fun. I played it with my partner and we had a great time making decisions and seeing how events panned out. I've had one and a half-ish playthroughs so far, and one thing I will say is that I wish they'd brought in some quality of life things into the secondary playthroughs, like a run button, the, abil- the ability to fast forward some dialogue, skippable scenes. Any one of those things would have made it much easier to get through and trying to make different choices and see different outcomes. As it is, it can be a little bit tedious sitting through interactions that you've already seen with no choice but to watch. Visually, it's stunning. The lighting was perfect for a horror game. Like The use of colour between the early game in the afternoon and later on in the evening really sets the mood. The motion capture on the actors was brilliant, and there's a huge cast. We've got David Arquette, Ted Raimi, and Ariel Winter, to name a few. In saying that, while watching Justice Smith as Ryan... I wasn't sure if there was a technical issue or if he just couldn't do facial expressions. (laughs) The rest of the actors did an excellent job, and for me, Brenda Song as Caitlin was a particular standout. She was awesome. An interesting note with the quarry, it actually has two options when you first start it. There's a streamer mode and then just standard mode. So if you're a streamer and you want to, you know, stream it, you can choose to not have any of the licensed music on there it's just music they've done themselves which is really cool if you want to check out the tracks they do on the standard mode a spotify user has actually compiled them all into a playlist it's all pretty pretty cool stuff 
If you're a fan of interactive movie-style games or just a fan of horror, I can pretty confidently say you'll enjoy at least the first playthrough of The Quarry. It is closer to, like, the cabin in the woods than it is to Scream. Some of the reactions of the characters to their predicament is a little weird. Um, <laughs> like, you know... Do you have an example? They'll have, like, a sarcastic comment or, like, a joking mention of, like, relationship tension between two characters oh, okay. while the blood of their friend is on them. Okay. Which is a bit weird, you know? Uh, you Granted, I don't think any of us have been in that kind of situation. Who knows what, how I mean, we might... Yeah, maybe... We'll just laugh off, you know, a hand being cut off or something. Just kind of like, know. wow, that was horrible. How was it? Because I saw you making eyes earlier. Yeah. Like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless of that, like, the story is pretty well written. They do the horror tropes pretty well. It is very pretty and it's very smooth. I feel like if they had had a little bit more interactivity, like, closer to Until Dawn, it would have been perfect. It's just, yeah, when you get to your second or third playthroughs, it's... uh. It's it's pretty tedious. Yeah, I was actually quite excited about The Quarry because I loved Until Dawn. I wasn't able to play through all of it. <laughs> I don't think I actually made it through the first portion of the game before I psyched myself out. <laughs> but I watched so many people play it and I was really impressed because it was set up like a horror movie. Yeah. But they had this really nice balance between like cinematics and interactivity and i liked how they use things like for the playstation controller when you're like supposed to be like staying perfectly still it would actually detect the motion from your controller so you had to like physically actually stay perfectly still in order to stay hiding from the monsters and i was just like oh that's really good that's really cool yeah yeah, because like my first instinct like jump out of the way but obviously not a good idea yeah and then i saw a bit of some playthrough of the quarry and it was like it still looked amazing not like a good horror movie story yeah uh with all the classic tropes and everything but like it just kind of seemed a little bit of a step down yeah yeah in some ways it, like, it definitely felt like yeah you're watching a movie for the most part like yeah. the the netflix bandersnatch thing where you yeah. you're watching that and you're just making like small decisions that change the direct direction of the show yeah kind of like that which isn't like a bad thing but like when I feel, I feel like they probably set the bar really high with Until Dawn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. There is, I've found out actually, uh, a movie mode where you just like, you literally just watch it, and it oh. has a pre a pre done script where the choices are pre pre made. Oh, that's cool. It is kind of neat. Like if you just if you're lazy, if you're too scared to play, if you're too scared to play. You just you just watch it. Yeah, uh, I I don't think that there was much of a difference to be honest. No. I think you miss out on too much uh, context if you just if you do that because there's a lot of like little hidden like you know you know a scrap of newspaper or something else that you can find that gives you clues to why things are happening. Oh, and if you yeah. watch that, you miss out on a lot of that background. Right? Yeah, I gotcha. In uh, games, games are definitely an interesting medium. Yeah, I think that this was a really cool mix between games and film as a media. Yeah. Not not anything to be disappointed by. No, um, no, not at all. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I actually really thoroughly enjoyed my time playing. No, it's pretty cool. Very spooky. Yeah. Um, just Get this good books. classic horror. Um, so I wanted to actually ask you, what was like some of the first scares you ever got in a video game? First scares. Okay, so first ever sort of game that gave me the real spooks was Ocarina of Time, Zelda. Right, right. So right. I cannot for the life of me remember what they're called. But there's those, like, weird, twisted mummy things that scream. 
Do they like are they the ones that like jump on you? Yeah, they jump on you and you've got to like oh. uh, horrifying. And they the scream well it haunts my nightmares. But so bad. So also bad. a thing that I don't think scared a lot of other people, but it absolutely gave me nightmares. I remember this nightmare. I was like five. The ball that rolls down the hill, I think it's I don't even know when if it's in Ocarina of Time. Like the, the volcano? The, yeah, and it like rolls down the hill and you you got to run away from it. And yeah, I don't even know. But it's in a Zelda game. And I had nightmares of being chased by that giant ball for weeks. This, okay. <clears throat> this is really funny because like my first scare in a video game in Crash Bandicoot was that first level where the boulder is rolling yeah. towards you yeah. and you have to run away from it. I don't know what it is. It's so scary. And like I think it's like it's also probably like the first times that we've we were playing in a 3D space yeah. on a 2D screen. So like our brains are like trying to figure it out and then suddenly cuz like Giant you know boulder. stuff looks so much more realistic back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when you're just like you're you're you're, you're a kid, your brain hasn't is it anywhere near finished cooking you're just figuring out what pixels are and what electricity can do and then suddenly rocks are like flying towards you yeah horrifying so scary so scary um crash bandicoot was like the first game that i actually ever played and then it was also scared me away from playing video games for a little while (laughs) but i was always kind of like hmm it was fun up until that bit and it's just been, it's been, it's been a wild ride from there. Yeah, I have like another sort of like unexpected place to be spooked. Yeah, my sisters make fun of me for this because <laughs> um, like there's been many times where we've been in a video call, voice call, or whatever, and we're playing Minecraft, and right. I'll just be like mining. We're just having a little chat. It's just super chill and everything, and then my pickaxe breaks. And it is the loudest sound <laughs> on the planet, and I'm never prepared for it. <laughs> I, I'm just like, I'm just like, oh yeah, nice. I found some crack, and I'm just like, oh my god, what was that? Um, I, I was expecting when you said Minecraft, I was expecting, oh, you know, like a creeper comes up and explodes behind me, because that has gotten me a few times, and I, I mean, will yeah. yell out. But like, that's like expected. You're like, yeah, you sort of kind of go like, you, you know, it's like night, and you're like, what's behind me? Yeah. Um, but like your crop, like if you're mining, you just sort of get into the zone. Yeah. You know, it's like you're meditating or something. You're in the moment, or you're not in the moment. You might be disassociating, whatever. And then brings <laughs> 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 you right back. It's just oh dear, oh it is. Yeah. No, honestly, I I get it. It's, Seems like a weird one, but I get it. Yeah. I mean, like, there's been quite a lot of games that like I used to be really scared of, just like any first person shooter game. Yeah. Because like. It was just, it was just, it was like, I was like, oh my, oh my God, they're shooting at me. This is really scary. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Even though like, I'm like, oh my, Call of Duty, wow, this is terrifying. Ah, (laughs) which I guess makes sense. It's a war game. It's supposed to be, it's war. It's horrible. Yeah. But like, I remember playing Left 4 Dead for the first time. Oh man, yeah. I was so excited, but I was also terrified, especially when I heard a hunter growling for the first time. And I was just like, I was frozen in place. I couldn't do anything. I was just like, (laughs) this is too scary. And I handed the laptop to my sister and I was like, I need you to get through this part for me. And she's like, she doesn't play video games. Never did. (laughs) Um, Doesn't know what she's doing. Um, So therefore, completely ignorant of the danger 
and playing very badly. And the frustration <laughs> of watching her play was enough to override my fear. So I would grab the laptop back and be like, this is how you do it. And then I'll manage it. <laughs> and it'll be fine. And I actually did that quite a, cu- a few times. So until, I guess, like the part of my brain that was like developed reasoning, yeah. finished baking. <laughs> Games can be weirdly scary. Yeah. I mean, my one that I... The first game that I put down and didn't pick up again because it scared me was, funnily enough, it was just Bioshock. Bi- it, I mean, like, fair enough. The imagery was, like, so spooky. Like, the the little um, the little sisters, the, the whatever little they sisters, are. The little sisters, yeah. And, like, the big daddy, him thumping around, scared the crap out of me. I was like, nah, nah, I'm done. Can't do it. Dropped it. It's like, it's just, there's just really... It's good atmosphere. Yeah. It's good atmosphere. Terrifying though. Yeah. Um. You don't know what's going on. It's like I, don't, I like. I feel like there's a lot, quite a lot of games that weren't really meant to be scary, but they just were because they did something too good. Yeah. The first Portal game kind of spooked me a little bit. That wasn't really a fear thing. That was like a something's very wrong here. Something's amiss. Like yeah, something. Like, just kind of like, oh, I don't, don't know about this one. Why is the scientists? <laughs> um. Oh. Yeah, there something about, like, clearly it was empty because it was simple, but yeah. that emptiness was creepy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's just really... I feel like it's also, like, when you're younger as well, you're, you you haven't quite, like, figured out this how video games work. Yeah. Because, like, things just looked a lot more realistic yeah. somehow, because you just don't know any better. Yeah, well, I mean, I played Bioshock now, and I'm just like, this is not scary no. at all. But like back then, you're like back Oof. then, horrifying. I remember that Final Fantasy movie scared me, um, <laughs> but that was because like it was a little too realistic for the time. Yeah, and I was like, because people look real, but yeah, this not is too real much. enough. Like uh, Uncanny Valley. I think you know what? I think we're gonna wrap it up for tonight. Yeah, it I'm is, too spooked. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm kind of earing myself out a little bit, so I think we're gonna say good night. Good night. Goodbye. Until next week. Until next week. Thanks for listening to Zed Games. If you'd like to listen to more, check out our podcast on Spotify. Or follow us on social media at ZEDGamesAU. See you next time. time.